It's the October 11th, 2019 episode of Weekly Signals Meltdown, broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. What's up, Mahler? Yes? What you got there, Mahler? <laughs> huh? Huh? What? Oh, well, you want a Trump story, huh? Yeah, maybe later. Today we'll be talking about methane fountains, arresting Giuliani, yeah, <laughs> the army of Jesus, fast food wrappers, and more. By the way, that's things that you put around fast food. It's not guys that poeticize about McDonald's. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Sure you know. But first, how do you feel about Mahler, Mike? How do you feel about our boy? I, you know, Mahler and I have a very interesting relationship. It's yeah. a love-hate. Uh, yeah. He loves to hate me, and I hate to love him. Yes. From Science Daily. If you have a dog friend, you'll probably live longer and have a better cardiovascular system. If you have a dog friend. Yes, yeah. I do. Yes, yes. Especially if you've had a heart attack or a stroke, according to a new study. Prior studies have shown that dog friends are good for socializing with other people. You know, you get out there, you're walking your dog. What happens next? Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're talking to the neighborhood, or you're apologizing for him pooping right in front of your, your neighbors on their lawn. or oh, Well, that see. might be your case. Yeah, it is. I, I carry little... Well, Recyclable I do too, but dog they, yeah, poop bags. Yeah, yeah, I, do I pick it up. Yeah, I do Very too. clean, very sanitized. But sometimes I think they uh, they do it for show. They they have <laughs> no shame <laughs> at all. Well, they get your body moving when you're out. Yes, there. that's one thing. That's, that's good. great. And they even help lower your yeah. blood pressure. We're talking about dogs in general. <laughs> A dog friend is also an important factor in rehabilitation and mental health. <laughs> well, well, I don't. Quite well, Mahler's get that. come up yeah. a little short on that one. Yeah, I'm afraid that's not. Yes, that's right, Mahler. Dr. Caroline Kramer, one of the researchers, said adopting Romeo, that's her uh, little miniature schnauzer. <laughs> yeah, Mahler. Her miniature schnauzer has increased my steps and physical activity each day, and he has filled my daily routine with joy and unconditional love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I know. Here's a little something from Atlantic Magazine. I yeah. Happen to bring along. Yes. The world is getting louder. Yes. It's getting louder. It is like getting no louder. No thanks to uh, <laughs> to our dog friend yeah. over there. Yeah. The constant haranguing you, that we get from Mahler. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot louder. Mm-hmm. And we don't. Shut up, Mahler. We don't have the ability to adapt to it. We lack the facility to adapt yeah. to it. I mean, yet. we can put cotton in our ears yeah, yeah we will not catch up to this increase yeah it, exactly. to our own devices the national park services natural sounds and night skies division estimates that noise pollution triples every 30 years wow epa calculations from 2013 say that more than 145 million americans are exposed to noise exceeding the recommended limits <laughs> it's because of Mahler, that's it's, why. It's yelping Shut dogs. Up. Yes, yes. <laughs> the earliest noise complaint in history is from our uh, our neighbor about Mahler's big mouth, is what it is. <laughs> now, the earliest noise complaint in history is from the 4,000-year-old epic of Gilgamesh, where one of the gods, unable to sleep through human-produced racket, decides to exterminate mankind. Well... 
<laughs> Seems a little extreme, but yeah. you could have just said quiet. Noise, or what the professionals call a very dynamic acoustic environment, can provoke people to murderous extremes. There's yeah. a lot of examples yeah. of people just getting fed up with noisy asshat neighbors. It makes you nervous. Yeah. Yeah, it just it raises your anxiety. It makes yeah. you want to run your thumb across a knife blade and think about <laughs> slicing your neighbor's throat. But noise is treated like an aesthetic nuisance and not as a health risk that it is. Yeah. Can we talk about leaf blowers here, Mike? Yes, we can. Yeah. It's idiotic. Right. Most of them that you see that are carried by Mo Blow and Go Gardeners are gas-powered. So they're, they're blowing fumes out into the air, okay. and they're just effing noisy. Right. Why not use a rake? I'd be willing to pay more. I know, but that's one of the problems. People think they're getting deals all the time. Right. When really the deal they're getting is exhaust in their face yeah. and annoyed neighbors. Yeah. Actually. Noise is never just about sound. It's inseparable from issues of power and powerlessness. It's why the sound system at Dodger Stadium is so effing loud, oh too. My God. When you're there, they own you. My father lives on the Pacific Coast Highway, and on a weekend... Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, the motorcyclists going by with, I don't think, any muffler on their motorcycles. Well, they're probably the Harleys. Yeah, so they potato, are. Potato, potato, they potato, potato, <laughs> potato, potato, potato. Yeah. They're insanely loud. I literally have had instances often where in the house you can't have a conversation. They like crazy. to do that. That's their power. It they don't the, have any other power right, except right. they're big and mean, I guess. Uh, but. It, they, yes. There's no other power to their existence except for the, the revving of the their, revving of the revving the of their motor. Uh, yeah. Scientists have known for decades that noise, even at seemingly innocuous volume, like for car traffic, is bad for us. Calling noise a nuisance is like calling smog an inconvenience, former U.S. Surgeon General William Stewart said in 1978. So say you're trying to fall asleep. You may think you've tuned out the grumble of trucks downshifting outside, but your body has not. Your adrenal glands are pumping stress hormones. Your blood pressure and heart rate is rising. Your digestion is slowing down. Yeah. All because of the Harley going by. Even when you're sleeping, yeah. this will happen. Yeah. Your brain continues to process sounds while you snooze, and your blood pressure spikes in response to noise as low as 33 decibels. That's slightly louder than a purring cat. One of the defining features of, yeah, one of the defining features of New York City is its noise. There's no cat. No, no, it's no cat. Shut up! Yeah. No, the defining feature of New York City in many ways is the, the level of sound. Are the cats. Large-scale studies show that if the din keeps up over days, months, and years, noise exposure increases your risk of high blood pressure, coronary heart disease, and heart attacks, as well as strokes, diabetes, dementia, and depression. Children suffer not only physically, but also behaviorally and cognitively. Noise might also make us mean, Mike. What? Sorry. Test subjects exposed to noise, even the gentle fuzz of white noise, become more aggressive and more eager to zap fellow subjects with electric shocks. Yeah. They tested people. Yeah. yeah. In the extreme, sound becomes a weapon. The U.S. military has used soundtracks as punishment. It tortured Guantanamo detainees with M&Ms and the Meow Mix jingle. You know that? It goes like that. Yeah. Make it stop! Make it stop! Woohoo! <laughs>
U.S. military. Well, I think We're that whole yeah. meow yeah. thing Oof, really, took, really took you out there. Yeah. The U.S. military, under the supervision of the FBI, tried to drive the Branch Davidian cult in Waco, Texas. Yes, remember I remember that? this, yes. Yeah. Into surrender with a constant loop of Christmas carols, Nancy Sinatra, Tibetan chants, and dying rabbits. They just threw in the dying <laughs> rabbits. Just threw in the dying wow. rabbits in there for courtesy yeah. of Mahler. If they go bury Manilow, said a hostage negotiator at the time, it's excessive force. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Earplugs may dull the growl of a Harley outside your bedroom, but they're useless against the engine's low-frequency rumble, which vibrates the windows, floors, and your chest, and is the type of sound that's largely ignored in most official noise calculations. <sighs> Not by me. And in the world of tech, communities in France, Ireland, Norway, Canada, North Carolina... Montana, Virginia, Colorado, Delaware, and Illinois have all protested about the wine of data centers. So we're getting more of those. And then we're going to start throwing some uh, drones into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right, Mother. Drones. So beware yeah. of creating a very dynamic acoustic environment. If this news makes you consider surrendering, may I recommend a donation to KUCI before you turn off your radio? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio at 88.9 FM, KUCI.org. From Newsweek. Scientists in Siberia have discovered an area of sea that is boiling with methane, with bubbles that can be scooped from the water with buckets. This is the permafrost that's thawing out, yeah. releasing methane. They said the methane fountain was unlike anything they'd ever seen before, with concentrations of gas in the region to be higher than the global average. Permafrost currently covers about 8.7 million square miles of the northern hemisphere, with global temperatures increasing, scientists are concerned that warming will result in more permafrost thawing, causing more methane to be released, leading to even more warming. That positive feedback loop you this keep is, talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Or the snake chasing its tail. The Ouroboros. A huge proportion of Siberia is covered in permafrost, and it's starting to thaw. And it will keep going as we heat up. Who knows? Uh, again, the, this the is the back bay may be bubbling. This is soon. the kind of story that just makes my heart hurt. This is trouble. Methane is several times more potent yeah. than carbon dioxide. From the Guardian, you know that paper. I do know Over the Guardian. I love the Guardian. The top fifty fossil fuel firms will together produce the equivalent of two hundred and twenty-five billion metric tons of carbon dioxide in the period from twenty eighteen to twenty thirty or an extra 7 million barrels per day poured into the markets, despite warnings from scientists that this will push global heating towards catastrophic levels. So they're doing this, even though they know, and they've known for years, that it's destroying the planet. For almost 40. For, for humans. For 40 years they've yeah. known this. Shell and ExxonMobil will be among the leaders with a projected production increase of more than 35% between 2018 and 2030, a sharper rise than over the previous 12 years. Yes. This is how sick this 
industry is, they know, they can see the writing on the wall that, in fact, through renewable energy, that the days of oil are in some ways numbered. Unfortunately, the number is way too high. And so they know that they have to get that oil out of the ground, even though any scientist who knows this subject will tell you, we can't get this stuff out of the ground. It will, by its very nature of drilling for it, will create a carbon dioxide plume that will destroy the planet, right? Yeah. Right? So they're trying to get it out of the ground so that they can sell it in a hellscape of a world that awaits us. Yeah. That's that's well, really it's what's... It's their instant gratification. Yeah. That's what they want. Yes. I have to be lecturing these guys about instant gratification. Yeah. I've heard all my life about how I wanted instant gratification. Yes. That's the problem with us. Yeah. Is we want our, instant... Our yeah. baby boomer generation. Yes, that's right. And granted, there are baby boomers involved in this, Absolutely. but it's it's the hippies that wanted instant gratification. No, it's these jackasses running ExxonMobil. That's right. They know the end is nigh for oil. Yeah. So now they're just going to pump it out and wait for the market to catch up. Yeah. Acceleration is almost the opposite of the 45% reduction in carbon emissions by 2030 that scientists say is necessary to have any chance of holding global heating at a relatively safe level of 1.5 degrees centigrade. Yeah. Yeah. The forecast shows an almost 8% rise in the projected output of the top 50 oil and gas companies between 2018 and 2030, which would increase the risk of heat waves, hurricanes, forest fires, and floods. At least 14 of the 20 biggest carbon producers plan to pump out more hydrocarbons in 2030 than they did last year. The analysis shows that the U.S. is the center of the latest global oil boom, with more than four times more new production than the next country, Canada, over the next 10 years. The expansion will be primarily in Texas. BP, Chevron, and ConocoPhillips will be involved, as well as smaller, faster-growing private firms that are together driving this single U.S. state to produce, they mean Texas, to produce more oil and gas than all of Saudi Arabia by 2030. I want to ding President Barack Obama because it was in his administration that they bragged about our, we became the largest producer of oil in in the world during Obama's administration. With a lot of pride, this was brought up to us that look at us, we're producing more oil. This is where I do believe that we're approaching a point where I think the Democrats or someone in leadership has to consider nationalizing the oil industry because it really does present an existential threat to the the human race. The the federal government or someone needs to step in, nationalize it, and then start to deconstruct it. The leaders of capitalism cannot cope with this problem. That's right. It's not that's it's right. not what they call a mass extinction that's going on. It's called a, a mass extermination. Yeah. That's a more proper it's abs- terminology for Nationalize it. the oil industry and deconstruct it. What is it, Molly? He wants a Trump story. Oh, he, keeps, he wants, he's he going wants, on about that. Does he want a Trump story? Okay, Molly. From the Associated <laughs> Press. Two of Rudy Giuliani's henchmen were arrested on charges of scheming to funnel foreign money to U.S. politicians while trying to affect U.S.-Ukraine relations. A circle of businessmen and Republican donors touted their connections to Trump and his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, as they sought to install new management at the top of Ukraine's state-owned gas company last spring. Mm The intervention, as they call it, was happening while Giuliani was pressuring Ukraine to investigate Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. Yes. Yeah. But in this case, the aims were profit, not politics. 
Their plan hit a snag after the election of Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky. But U.S. Energy Secretary Rick Perry, he just stepped in from Dancing in the Stars. Well, well, that's decided to help out with everyone in the cabinet's got to be on a reality show before they can be in the Trump administration. Aside from being a ridiculously uncoordinated dancer, Perry has denied any wrongdoing. This is the guy who was when when he was running for president wanted to eliminate the Department of Energy. Was, don't I thought he wanted to eliminate Dancing with the Stars. Well, I, I would have well, voted for him. We, yeah, we all would have. Yeah. Yeah. The two Soviet-born Florida businessmen slash henchmen, these guys mm-hmm. that they arrested, yes, who worked for Giuliani. Their names are Lee Parvis and Igor Fruman. Mm-hmm. I like to call him Igor. Yeah. <laughs> Leverage political contacts made through hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations to Republicans, including $325,000 to a Trump-allied PAC to help pursue a business deal involving NAFTA gas. Yeah, NAFTA gas. <laughs> which is a which is a natural gas company right. in Ukraine. Yeah. The henchman's sales pitch was to force out the chief executive at the Ukrainian gas giant and replace him with a team that would carry out exclusive deals. The winners would be corporate entities controlled by Trump and his allies to profit from exporting U.S. liquefied natural gas into Ukraine. Trump himself later asked for a favor from Zelensky to investigate Biden and his son. We all know that Mm -hmm. deal. The henchman Parnas accompanied uh, Guido. No, Giuliani. I'm sorry. I mean, they're both G words here. I got confused. Oh, you know. To a meeting at the Trump International Hotel in Washington where they talked energy deals. Yes. Yeah. Henchman Parnas said Trump planned to remove U.S. <laughs> Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch and replace her with someone more open to making money than representing the interests of the American people. She was recalled to Washington two months later because she didn't want to play the game. Last week, mob boss Trump... Mob boss Trump. You like that? I like that. Yeah, rolls yeah, off the, the dawn. Yeah, yeah. He threw Perry under the bus when he told a group of Republican Congress critters, <laughs> and they don't want to call them lawmakers anymore. No, because they're more about breaking laws than making laws. Right, and if you're in the Senate, you don't pass laws, yeah. so you're really not a lawmaker anymore. Yeah. Really, they don't. They don't really do that anymore. Republican Congress critters. What Trump told them was Perry prompted the July phone call where he asked for a favor regarding Biden. So Trump's now blaming Perry and yeah. Pence. He's yeah. also blamed Pence for the phone call. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, Melania's next, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. I think Eric's next. Eric, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's the dumb one, yeah. yeah. He's the Alfredo of the family, Who's yeah. going to take him out in the rowboat? You know? <laughs> Probably going to be Donnie Jr. Donnie Jr. Donnie Jr. Take Jr. Yeah. yeah, take well, Eric out in the yeah. rowboat, yeah. <laughs> this story is moving at a rapid pace. Uh, the former ambassador is now testifying to the House committee as yeah. we speak. Jovanovich. The thing that has changed dramatically is the allegations that Trump was accepting help from the Russians were difficult to prove, and apparently they may not be provable. Even He's doing though. everything to help Putin. Yes, and this does help Putin. It puts more pressure on the Ukraine, who just recently elected Zelensky. We've talked about this before, but I think that the thing that really changed in all this was this whole Trump narrative went from the Russians helped him to he got involved. He's actually the primary mover of all of this, and he's so incompetent and so belligerent and so egotistical he thinks he can't get caught that that's what's changed everything. He's involved. As long as he wasn't directly involved. Let's let's not forget all the enablers. Yes, absolutely. And they're more than enablers. They were participants in this, all the Republicans. I would say 95% of Republicans in this country 
participate, even those of you who voted for this mob boss. Yeah. You're responsible. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI FM. Stream us live on TuneIn or go to KUCI.org. And speaking of doing Putin's bidding... It was reported that in a tense phone call with then-Prime Minister Theresa May in the summer of 2018, Trump disputed that Russia was behind the attempted murder of a former Russian spy. Despite the widespread conclusion that Vladimir Putin's regime was behind the poisoning of Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia last year, Trump is said to have spent 10 minutes expressing his doubts about Russian involvement. The Skripals were left fighting for their lives after the Novichok nerve agent attack in Salisbury. A policeman was also left seriously ill. The evidence of Russian involvement in the poisoning of Skripal and his daughter is overwhelming. And yet Trump is out there with his conspiracy theories trying to push them on the prime minister of England who had to suffer through this attack. Right. Nathan, what's more troubling to you, whether or not Trump actually believes what he said to Theresa May or that he is an active agent obfuscating the truth. So, I want him out. Okay. So it doesn't Period. Yeah, it I, doesn't matter yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it's dangerous. What's more troubling? They're both very troubling. Yeah. You'd like to think he was clever, but no. The more he's out there, the more obvious he is about everything. He's yeah. really not very clever. You're you're right. If you're listening and you support Trump, I, I really can't think too much of your perception. Right. Go home and look in the mirror and then look at Trump and try and really listen instead of cheering for the sports team that you think he represents. It's not a high school game anymore. This is serious. This is serious. We're going to get to the... And what we're doing here, by allowing him to to be the imperial executive branch, you're setting it up for the future. It's not just for Trump now. When I take over, do I have the ability to do the same thing? Right. Can I just say no? I'm not going to cooperate with anybody. I'm going to do what I want. Right. That's not the way this government works. Right. And if you think it is, maybe you're in the wrong country. Right. Seriously. Right. right. I do think that in some way this is an intelligence operation that is we're seeing unfold in front of us in the effort to get Trump out of office. All of the stuff that's happening right now is coming from the intelligence community. They're the ones who are driving the story. Yeah. The stories about where those conversations with Putin and Ben Salman are on the on the server. Well, they were so all, much involved, too. All, right. <laughs> I think there are people, patriots, within the uh, the intelligence community. I never thought I'd say these, th- these words I'm saying now. Have decided that the political process is going to take too long. Yeah. for them to get him out of office. He's Every, a danger. He's a serious danger to us as a country. Another story from The Guardian by Simon Tisdall. Trump's boneheaded decision to pull the remaining U.S. ground troops out of northeast Syria is a betrayal of the Kurdish forces that were instrumental in destroying ISIS. It opens the way for a vicious, protracted struggle between the Kurds and Turkey's military. And that means more civilian suffering, more war crimes in a country that has seen far too much during the past eight years. Trump's impulsive order was against the advice of his generals and diplomats and without prior consultation with allies like the U.K. that have forces in the field in Syria. And that's what you're driving at. He's doing things 
that are overturning what people have spent years trying to set up our relationship right. with other countries. The Kurds, of all the people that we have alliances with, the Kurds, despite every reason not to, yeah. have been supportive of our political and military aims. Well, and the UK, who had forces in the field when he did this. Yeah. He undercut them. It came following a phone call with Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's authoritarian president. Erdogan has three aims, all problematic. One is to force the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces, about 60,000 fighters, away from Turkey's southern border. Erdogan vilifies the Syrian Democratic Forces as terrorists in cahoots with the PKK, the Turkey and Iraq-based Kurdistan Workers' Party. The terrorist tag is not remotely accurate, but demonizing all Kurds as enemies of the state is a familiar tactic used by all authoritarians, like Trump demonizes the press, the Democrats, and anybody who doesn't like him. Right. Erdogan's doing the same thing. Second, Erdogan has plans to return by force if necessary many, if not most, of the three to four million Syrian refugees who have entered Turkey since 2011. His ruling party and its ultra-nationalist allies have encouraged growing anti-immigrant sentiment. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Like Trump. Like Trump. Trump would rather give Erdogan a co-collaborator with Putin, what he wants, then keep faith with the Kurds. And there's another element. This yeah. helps the Russians. The U.S. retreat is a boost to ISIS. Yeah. There's another thing where, again, you're talking about the intelligence community. Why would they want to backtrack from years of work trying to isolate ISIS? Hey, this thing, this they finally got it to a point where it's essentially been neutered as a military yeah. uh, threat. But they're reorganizing now, regrouping in northern Iraq. Oh. The White House says the Turks will take charge. Given their record of covert deals with jihadists, that's a that's big gamble. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Thanks to Trump and Erdogan, with a big assist from Putin, Syria may divide into highly conflicted de facto Turkish, Iranian, Russian, Israeli, and jihadist areas of influence and control with a republic regime in Damascus of mass murderers and assassins who will escape justice. And just, yeah. by the way, the Israelis are now really upset that at their door, is ISIS is now being brought closer to, to all of this. For a country that has a genocidal history with the Armenians and now with the Kurds, why would we jump in on the side of this? Because, first of all, Turkey is in NATO. Turkey is the second largest army in NATO. Putin's primary goal, political, geopolitical goal right now, is the destruction of NATO. This is undermining NATO. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. a huge think... thing. And we've talked for years about whether if Turkey ever got into this mix of all the stuff that's going on, it would be unbelievably yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile... Trump defended his decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Syria and enable a Turkish offensive against U.S.-backed Kurdish fighters in the region by noting that Kurds didn't fight alongside the U.S. in the Second World War. At Normandy. He yeah. said at well, Normandy. Yeah. Yeah, at I'm Normandy, sorry. yeah, which, which is complete <laughs> BS. The Kurds didn't have a state back then. Now, some of them did support the Nazis, and some of them fought with us in the Allies. It's a sign of, a, of an unmatched idiot who would say something like that. <laughs> Trump also did Putin's bidding by trying to knock NATO with his great and unmatched wisdom and broken sentences. If you look at how much money we spend on NATO and how much countries from Europe who are much bigger 
beneficiary than we are. That's what he said. Yeah. I didn't make a mistake there. No. I think he forgot his line. Can somebody help me? What, what's my line? <laughs> Give me my line. What's my line? From Europe, who are much bigger beneficiary? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> so you're asking me if I think he's an idiot or this is a cunning plan? I think it's a plan. And he's an idiot. Yes, yeah. thank you. That's the answer right yeah. there. He is an idiot, and it is planned. From the Washington Post, a bipartisan panel of U.S. senators called for Congress, the White House, and Silicon Valley to ensure social media sites aren't used to interfere in the coming presidential election, the 2020 election. The Senate Intelligence Committee, a Republican-led panel, that has been investigating foreign electoral interference for more than two and a half years, said in blunt language that Russians worked to damage Hillary Clinton. A Republican-led panel said that Russians worked to damage Hillary Clinton. They worked to and they did. Yes. Yes. Now, if you're sitting at home and you voted for Trump, say those words over and over and over again. A Republican-led panel I'll say to our audience what I said to my dad. We can disagree about tax policy, trade policy, domestic issues, all kinds of things. Fine, let's have those discussions. But this is not the person who should be leading the free world. This man is a danger. He is ill-prepared, unfit. He is not the person who should be in charge of anything ever again. I didn't add the other uh, part of that sentence. Yes. The Russians worked to damage Hillary Clinton while bolstering Donald Trump. Yeah, that's right. And made clear the fresh rounds of interference are likely ahead of the 2020 vote. That's what the Republicans did. That's right. The report also called on the executive branch to adopt a more forceful public role. That means Trump. They need to get out in front of this. The recommendations call for Silicon Valley to share more intelligence and also the ways that disinformation from Russia spread across platforms. In other words, you're linking from Twitter to Instagram to Facebook, and it seems to be a conspiracy of sorts. It seems they know what they're doing. It's conspiracy of profiting is what it is. According to the report, the Russian effort was a vastly more complex and strategic assault on the United States than was initially understood. These are Republicans saying this. An increasingly brazen interference by the Kremlin on the citizens and democratic institutions of the United States. Takes them two and a half, three and a half years to do this, but at least they're doing it now. Nathan, you and I were talking about this in real time. When the election was going over, we were talking exactly this. We're now three years later. And the damage is almost irreparable that this man has done. The Senate inquiry also found that these trolls targeted no single group more than African Americans. More than 66% of Facebook advertisements posted by the Russian troll farm contained a term related to race. And African American community voters were discouraged from voting and from supporting Hillary Clinton. Several of the example posts provided to the Senate had targeted titles including Our Votes Don't Matter, Don't vote for Hillary Clinton. A vote for Jill Stein is not a wasted vote. And all of these targeted black voters in particular. The reason I'm saying that we were talking about it in 2016 is that it's not as if this information wasn't out there. Yeah. And let's go back. We're not that prescient. Mike and I are not not that. We we pay attention. Yeah. We just pay attention. That's all we do. The the Gang of Eight, 
which included Mitch McConnell, the so-called Gang of Eight, the intelligence leadership in, in the House and Senate, were informed by the Obama administration that there was an active campaign going on by the Russians to support Trump to the detriment of Hillary. And who prevented and Mitch that? McConnell Mitch stopped. McConnell stopped. He vetoed that information from going out and made sure that the election went as planned, essentially. Yeah. So this is BS. This is complete BS that they've now found Jesus in all of this, found yeah. religion. It's just I think this is their way of stepping slowly back away from the disaster. They're also trying to take back the narrative. All this attention by the media on these Republicans who seem to oh, be that's wavering. A media spin, Mike. No, but I, think, I know, but but this is an active campaign on the part of the Republicans to essentially take back some of the narrative that Trump wasn't their fault. Some, okay, they're out okay. there. I mean, they're saying, but it. the incentive is they're going to crash and burn right. if they don't come around. All right. If I'm a grandmaster of the Republican Party, I'm saying ditch 2020. Trump's going to lose. Let's just take the hit and worry about 2022 when it's an off year and we can do better in the election cycle and just take this for the team. We're going to lose a lot of seats, but we can recover fairly quickly in 2022. That's a politician's way of looking at it. I like to think that these guys have a little bit of congressional integrity left. Maybe not much, not but much. they see the writing on the wall well, and they right. see that this is right. There's no way for them to ignore I, the fact that the Russians collaborated to help Trump win the election. Right. So would you like some French fries? Uh, uh, no. But, no, really? No, well, maybe. Oh, Mahler. Yeah, I actually saw yeah, some in a bag out there in the lobby. Yeah, so yeah, Mahler, he probably ate them all already. Yeah, yeah. 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 How about some KUCI fries? Oh, yes. Oh, those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Lightly salted. From National Geographic, a new study of a toxic chemical called PFAS reveals the fast food packaging that contains PFAS may screw up our bodies. PFAS, or per- and polyfluoroalkyl substances, refers to a class of chemicals also used in common household items to make objects water or fire resistant. Researchers look at PFAS in blood samples collected from more than 10,000 people from 2003 to 2014. Five commonly used types of PFAS were found in the blood of around 70% of those surveyed. Unlike other common contaminants which pass through the human body quickly, PFAS can linger for years, meaning that regular fast food consumption adds more PFAS to the system. They call them forever chemicals. It's unclear how much PFAS you need before it takes a toll on your health, but it's been linked to cancer, thyroid disorders, hormonal changes, and weight gain. More than half of bread and dessert wrappers contain PFAS, 40% of sandwich and burger wrappers, and 20% of paperboard, the stiff containers that hold french fries, have it. The chemical is commonly added as a barrier to packaging because it resists water and grease, and that makes food more portable. Food is just one source of exposure, though. PFAS is commonly found in paint, carpeting, and clothing, where other contaminants clear from the body in a number of hours. Even the weakest PFAS can remain for months. That's the forever chemical thing there. 
In addition to the unknown health consequences of consuming food contaminated with PFAS in unlined landfills, PFAS can leach into the groundwater. Earlier this month, a report by the Environmental Working Group found that tap water going to 7.5 million Californians tested positive for the contaminant. Just don't go to fast food places. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's processed food. It's not really good for you. There's this a number of reasons not to go. This is just one more. One more. Yeah. yeah. And finally, the Colombian Navy rescued three shipwrecked drug traffickers who were staying afloat on bales of cocaine. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. WeeklySignals.com Subscribe now.